And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. Welcome back to Sandy Creek Stirrings here on Tuesday, and of course an apologetics day for us here on Sandy Creek Stirrings. Of course, for those of you that have been listening for a while, go ahead and tell me, what does apologetics mean? Go ahead, talk to me. It's kind of like the old, you know, cartoons where the person's staring at you, waiting for an answer. Yes, very good. Those of you out there who said it is simply the defense of our faith, that's exactly what apologetics is. It is the defense of our faith. And it's using, first of all, predominantly a biblical answer to some questions that people have, both about worldviews, about God, about the Bible, but it is most importantly, it is a biblical outlook. By the way, that is the most important thing to us as Christians, is to have a biblical outlook then it has to be factual. Then it has to be factual. If you're going to talk about alcoholism and you're going to talk about how many deaths per year, you can't just make up a number and hope you're right. All right, that's just not going to work. You're going to lose all credibility that you have, if you have any. And uh, you're going to lose it all because you make up numbers. It's not factual. And then the third thing is your argument has to be logical. It has to make sense. It has to make sense. And so apologetics, we're taking different subjects, and hopefully we're doing a good job at bringing those all together for you and making sure that you understand some of these questions that have been asked and how we can best answer them moving forward. Now, as you came in this morning to listen to the apologetics episode, undoubtedly you saw the title. And some of you, I don't know if you realize this or not, but you can actually click that episode and it has a description. And so for those of you who are just trying to look at the titles, there is a description. Click it. Sometimes I refer to it as the show notes, um, the episode description. And in there is a description of what the episode is, what we're going to talk about. Any links that I link up to are all in that description. So let me go and encourage you to do that. Second thing I want to encourage you to do today is something that I haven't mentioned in a little while now, but I want to mention it again. Let me encourage you, if you have enjoyed the content, to leave us a review. And whatever platform you listen on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, which right now is our most predominant one, whether it be Apple Podcast, whether it be uh, Spotify, whether it be Overcast, got some listeners from Overcast listening, whether it be, um, oh, which ones did I already say? Uh, Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Breaker. Oh, man, we got a bunch of different ones. If you listen on those, then let me encourage you to go back and leave us a review. And um, if you enjoyed the content, then do that for me. And it'd be a blessing to the show just to get more listeners. And you say, wow, are you trying to increase the number of people who listen to you? Um, Yes, I am. But not for me, not for my pride's sake. Look, I'm never going to be number one in the podcast rankings. I know that. But I think that a lot of people could benefit if more people knew about the content that we have here at Sandy Creek Stirrings. And so let's make it known and pass it out abroad. Today, though, the episode title we talked about is Witchcraft. Witchcraft. And we're going to talk about witchcraft today. Now, witchcraft is so dangerous. 
It really is. Witchcraft is so dangerous. And, and someone asked, why would we discuss witchcraft in an apologetic series? And, you know, it's a deadly tool that Satan uses to draw people away from God, really, to himself. Satanism, which is the worship of Satan, the church of, I say church, quote-unquote, the church of Wicca, W-I-C-C-A, you'll hear that term a lot, is an organization that practices witchcraft, it practices black magic, it calls upon the spiritual realm for its consultation, witches, wizards, all these are intertwined because of their practice of witchcraft. And so the definition, let me give you the definition of witchcraft. The definition of witchcraft is, quote, the use of black magic, the use of spells, and the invocation of spirits. And then it goes on to say intercourse with the devil, and that's referring to communication and lifestyle. Communication and lifestyle. Witchcraft has a lot in it. In fact, the biblical word for witchcraft is divination, divination, and uh, it's often referring to witchcraft. And so let me read you a passage real quick. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 10 through 11 says, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire or that useth divination. Notice God says, I don't want anyone who uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. And God goes on to list different types of those who practice witchcraft. You say, what are all those different things? Well, I'm glad you asked, all right? Let me give you just a brief definition, very brief definition of what each of those means in that verse. The word observer of times has to do with, um, quote, to practice magic, to be an observer of times. And sometimes, a lot of times, this deals with astrology. Astrology, in fact, in, in her book, Witches, Erica Jong says that astrology is one of the oldest forms of divination and prophecy. And of course, astrology is based off the hermetic belief that the physical world, our world, is a reflection of the cosmos. They use the term as above, so beneath. And in astrology, the position of the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, in the zodiac. Oh, some of you get the zodiacs and read them in the papers. Do they even do that in papers anymore? Maybe you get it on internet. In your email, it, it, it takes all those things... And it, they say that it exerts influences on the life of mankind and can literally predict their future. And uh, there's a couple problems with that. Number one, it's not scientific. Um, for instance, it's based on the sun circling the earth. Uh, we know, in fact, that the earth orbits the sun. And um, so, and not only that, for many other reasons that we don't have time today, but it goes against the very word of God. All right, Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 2 says, Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at, dismayed at the signs of the heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. Isaiah chapter 47, verses 12 through 13, deals with the same subject. The next one in that verse is enchanter, and it literally means to whisper or hiss a magical spell. It deals with someone who casts spells. Think of witch doctor, doctors in Africa. And if you haven't heard the stories of missionaries talking about witch doctors, you've missed stories about enchanters. You have the word witch which means a sorcerer, one who uses witchcraft. This would be the same word that is used for Pharaoh sorcerers. Remember them in Exodus chapter 7, verse 11? 
And the same sorcerers that tried to predict Nebuchadnezzar's dreams in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 2. By the way, Exodus 22.18, God is very serious on the subject of divination, by the way. Exodus 22.18 says that we should suffer not a witch to live. That's what God said in the Old Testament law. And when he was the, the theocracy, he was the president, God was the king, he was the in charge of the government. He said, we're not going to have any witches that live here. God was very serious about this. Um, a charmer means one who uses magic charms. Uh, you got four-leaf clovers, rabbit's feet, horseshoes, wishbones, shooting stars, lucky number seven, redheads, and goldfish. We have our fair share of good luck charms, don't we? Consulter with familiar spirits means someone who attempts contact with the dead. Using to, or trying to contact the dead, rather was often used, by the way, as a scam to rob people of their money. Saul's witch, you remember King Saul went to the witch at Endor, and she brought back Samuel. Well, she didn't bring back Samuel. Who brought back Samuel? God brought back Samuel. In fact, it scared her half to death. And so she would have been a consulter with familiar spirits. Then you have the term in that verse, you've got wizard. It means someone who performs magic. We often refer to it as a male witch, but in the Bible it was simply just someone who performs magic, black magic that is. And then the last one was necromancer. What a great word. Necromancer it means to call from the dead, similar to consulter with familiar spirits, but they're literally trying to call them back. And so all of these within that verse have to do with the subject of witchcraft. And so witchcraft, Satanism, all those things we mentioned earlier, including all these terms, are all tied together because of their relation to the spirit world and trying to connect with the spiritual world, not in search of God, but in the search of devil and his demons. Notice what that definition was before. Remember, intercourse with the devil through communication and lifestyle. You see, Satan wants you to become involved in witchcraft. You say, why would he want that? Well, because it strokes his pride. It strokes his pride. How many times did he say in Isaiah 14, I will, I will, I will. You know, Satan's always had a pride problem. My goodness, does he have a pride problem. And what does he want you to do? Well, he wants you to worship him, not God. In fact, remember, when Satan tempted Christ, one of the things he wanted Christ to do was to bow down and worship him. He's always had a problem with his pride. And not only that, but it detracts, number two, it detracts from a person's focus, a person's focus on God. You cannot, listen to me, you cannot be focused on God and be involved in witchcraft at the same time. It's impossible. It goes against the very will of God. It goes against the very will of God. And, you know, today, as we come into a, this apologetics lesson on witchcraft, I have said that my audience is Christians. My goal is to help Christians. My goal is to help saved Christians to grow in their lives. And so we're doing that in several different ways, and we're not going to rehash all that. And so this morning, I don't think I have any doubt in proving to you Christians that God is against witchcraft. Would you not agree with me? Okay, I believe most of you are nodding your head saying, absolutely, we, disagree, or we agree. You should not be involved in witchcraft. I don't think we have to dive very deep. Sadly, though, many Christians don't even realize or they don't want to realize that they are letting witchcraft into their home and they're allowing an entrance for Satan and his demons. 
And that's truly the meat of our subject today. Satan wants your home, and he wants to get in through influences of witchcraft. You say, I don't know if I believe that. Nahum chapter 3 and verse 4 says, Because of the multitudes of thy whoredoms, of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcrafts that selleth nations through her whoredoms, and how do you sell families? Well, it says you sell the, you sell the nations through whoredoms and families through her witchcrafts. Satan, listen to me, folks. Satan wants to do everything he can to get influences of witchcraft into your home. He wants to get divination into your home, something God says should not be involved in the life of his people. He wants it in your home. He wants it there. And you literally, if you allow witchcraft in your home or the influences of it, you literally sell your family through witchcraft, according to Nahum chapter 3 and verse 4. You say, Brother Josh, how does Satan try to get witchcraft into my home? Because I don't know about you, but for me as a father, when Satan says, hey, I want to get it in through witchcraft because that's how you sell your family, it scares me half to death. I want to be very careful to not allow that into my home. So, how does Satan try to get witchcraft into our home? Let me allow those involved in witchcraft to answer this question. In the early 1990s, the Church of Wicca, which is an organization of witches and wizards and so on and so forth, came out with this statement. They said, quote, Our best form of recruitment is the media. Our best form of recruitment is the media. In the early 2000s, Satanists came out in one of their training books stating, get people involved through fantasy first. The media, folks, and I'm not talking about like fake news. I'm talking about the media like movies, like TV, like television shows, like book series and things of that sort. That's media. The media has put a full attack on Christianity and has given the world a wonderful view of the world and fantasies of witchcraft. Listen to me, Wicca has its own television programs recognized by the religion or by the military as a bona fide religion. They're granted nonprofit status. They get opportunities to lecture on public education campuses. They're doctors, they're lawyers, they're teachers, they're librarians, they're actors, they're simply people like we are, but they are involved in witchcraft. And slowly, the media has done a very good job at infiltrating the Christian home and allowing influences of witchcraft inside our homes. You say, I don't know about that. I do a pretty good job. Let's talk about that. Media. Media. Forbes magazine article on mass media influence on July 16th, 2012 said this, quote, media manipulation currently shapes everything you read, hear, and watch online. Everything and often what we believe as well. Hey, the devil knows this. He knows that if he can get the that if he can get media, it can influence public thinking. It can cause a curve in the system of beliefs. Can I just say this this morning and I'm not trying to stroke the pride of Satan, but the devil is no dummy. He's smart. Notice how he convinced the entire nation of Israel to not follow God because of the report of ten spies. The devil knows how to use his tools. 
He uses media. How does Satan use media to get into our homes? Well, I want to introduce a few different aspects of that to you. Number one, the media gives a distorted view of witchcraft. The media uses a distorted view of witchcraft. You see, God said a Christian should have how much dealings with witchcraft? The Bible says nothing. Nothing. We shouldn't even have the influence of it. Abstain from all the appearance of evil. We should have nothing, but here's what media does. They make witches to look like ugly, decrepit, old hags. But they call the beautiful witches fairy. I don't, I don't think you got me. They make the, the bad witches, they look like ugly, decrepit, old hags. And they call the beautiful witches, they're both the same thing, aren't they? But they call the beautiful witches fairies to try and make it look like there are good and there are bad witches. There are a difference between those who practice witchcraft, folks. There are, the good ones are fairies and the bad ones, well, they're witches. No, they're, they're the same thing. They're the same thing. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that puts bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Listen to me, folks. They are the same thing, but Satan has gotten to some of your minds, and Satan has gotten to the minds of your children, that, oh, oh, that's not a witch, that's just a fairy. Oh, yeah, yeah, she uses spells and a, and a wand, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, she she calls on spirits. Yeah, yeah. She goes against what the what a Christian should have involved with witchcraft. But but she's a good witch. She's a fairy. I want to be a good witch. You say that's ridiculous. That is some of the conclusions your children are coming to because of an influence of the media. So they give a distorted view. They try to break it up. Say, well, there are some bad witches, but there are some good witches. Okay, and you trust and you believe in the good witches. And then number two, they introduce, well, basically what we just mentioned, they introduce good witches to combat the bad witches. They're fighting against each other. Giving a view, by the way, that there are good witches in the world. Reminder, Exodus 22.18, suffer not a witch to live. And no, I'm not saying we go gather all the church of wicked people and kill them. I am not saying that. Here's what I'm saying. In your home, it doesn't matter if it's a book. It doesn't matter if it's a TV. It doesn't matter whatever it is. You better not suffer a witch to live inside of your home. Get the TV show out if it has it. Get the book out if it has it. Listen to me. Witchcraft, witches, sorcery are not mentioned one single time in a good way in the Bible. And witches, by the way, want your children. The kids at a public elementary school in Portland, Oregon, they were, Christmas was done away with and a winter solstice program was decided to be held instead. It was, quote, to celebrate the return of light. The front cover depicted the sun god, Lucifer, the god of the light, and the moon goddess, Diana. This is a true story, folks. I'm not making this up as I go. Each child was to partake of the sun and moon cake in the foyer and then enter the auditorium. Uh, this is elementary, folks. 
Elementary school. Upon entrance, the kids would have barcodes stamped on their forehead and scanned. Some rejected, some accepted. Chanting was then to begin until once seated, and or once seated, chanting was to begin until the arrival of the sun god and moon goddess. A real story from an elementary school. Yes, Satan is trying to get witchcraft into your into your children's lives, and it's going to sell your family. You say, what does that story have anything to do with what we're talking about? What I'm saying is schools are trying to get witchcraft into your home. Sixth graders in Orange County, Florida, when practicing penmanship and creative writing, were using an eight-page workbook entitled, quote, A Witch's Manual, which discussed the spiritual world and the calling on of spiritual beings for guidance. A Witch's Manual. Yeah, Satan is slipping it under the parents' nose, and sometimes the parents don't even realize it. And here's what the devil does with TV. The devil does what it takes to get your kids to watch TV, and he rates it G. Oh, oh that's just a, that's a G movie. You can watch that. Think of the movies. Think of them that have witchcraft influences. Think of The Wizard of Oz, Escape to Witch Mountain, The Smurfs, The Little Mermaid, Harry Potter, Twilight, and much much more. And you say, those are my favorite movies. (laughs) And you get your tissue out and you dab your eyes. Those are my favorite. Here's what we fail to realize, though. Many times we realize the toxic death of some movies. Toxic, deathly for our Christian faith. But sometimes we fail to see the subtle poison in others. Because Satan is raiding witchcraft G, and he is trying to get the influences into your home. Let me give you a few practical examples, and for some of you, you're going to walk away crying. But that's okay. I want you to go into this with an open mind, seeing how Satan is trying to get it into your home to sell out your family. Take Smurfs, for instance. Smurfs. The bad guy in the series casts a spell through the name of Beezlebub. Huh. Casting spells. Azarel. All right, if you've watched Smurfs, Azarel was the name of the bad cat who was trying to kill the good little Smurfs. You say, that's just, that's nice. Okay, what's that have to do with anything? What I'm trying to show you is the creators knew what they were doing. The creators knew what they were doing. You see, Azarel in Satanism and witchcraft, Azarel is Lucifer's personal angel of death. People of witchcraft call on Azarel when they wish to commit suicide. And you want to tell me that these creators of the show didn't know about the witchcraft influences they were putting into it? I beg to differ. Harry Potter is, according to J.K. Rowling, and I'm going to quote from, I'm going to quote from the author. Harry Potter is quote an entry level door that allows kids to experience the fantasy of witchcraft. Let me ask you a question, Christian parent. Do you want your kids to experience the fantasy of witchcraft? Because what has the capability to be a fantasy has the capability to be a reality. That was from the author. Let me give you a real story that happened. A girl, she was heavily involved in Satanism, gave this story. She said, it all started when I was 13. I went and saw Harry Potter. And I wanted to be a witch just like him. I went to the library. I began to check out books on Harry Potter. And then I began to check out books on witchcraft and casting spells. I began chants and rituals. Demonic things began happening in my room. 
pictures began falling off the wall. The radios would turn on in the middle of the night. The lights would turn on in the middle of the night by themselves. A real story. But yet some of you say, well, well, it's it's just it's just a fantasy. It's just it's just an innocent little book. I've told my kids that it's not real. I, I told them that. That's fine. If you want to allow an entrance of witchcraft into your home, you can open the door for it. But as for me and my house, no way, buddy. No way. Twilight started with, of course, Stephanie Meyer having a dream where a quote from her, fantastically beautiful and sparkly vampire came to her and she fell in love with him, end quote. Through the whole process, Edward, the the vampire, would come to her in her dreams and relate the rest of the story. I I don't really think that was a vampire, folks. I think that was somebody else. Somebody who wants you to be involved in witchcraft. That started with Stephanie Meyer of Twilight, the Twilight series, the books and the movies. Listen to me. Why is such a dark movie like that? Dark is a great definition for that movie. Why is the dark movie so attractive to young ladies? Teenage girls. Why? Because the wicked vampire is shown as being chivalrous, sensitive, self-sacrificing, and honorable. That's what he's portrayed as. Something that is clearly anti-God. You see, vampires are exactly anti-God. They are an anti-Christ. They are anti-God. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 26, they weren't allowed to partake of the blood. Not only that, Jesus came to give blood. Vampires come to what? They come to take blood. Jesus is the light. Vampires hate light. And you say, that is an old and outdated argument. But here's the deal. It still rings true today. Some parents say, well, well, I'm just letting my kids see those movies, Harry Potter and Twilight. I'm just letting them see them because I want them to know what's wrong. I want them. I want them to look at it and know what's wrong. Let me ask you this. Would you show them an X-rated movie because you want to teach them about abstinence? No, you wouldn't. Because that's not how you teach stuff. That's not how you teach stuff. We often look at these things, though, and I know I'm coming down hard. I know I'm coming down hard, but this is a serious thing, folks. We often look at it as like cute, just little movies. Oh, the wonderful world of Disney. But we fail to see the door that these things do open into our lives. Think about this. Your daughter is in love, all right? Let's use an example. Your daughter is in love with a young man. And you are going to consider him for, you know, if he should marry your daughter. And so you evaluate him and you come up with these hard facts. Hard facts. He's a thief. That, that's right. He's, he's a thief. Now, number two, he's, he's a cute boy, but he, he, sleeps in the street at, he, he sleeps in the streets at night. Uh, number three, he is unemployed and he dropped out of school. Number four, he practices magic and is said to be able to levitate himself in the air. Number five, he is very likable, but you feel like you have to watch him because he does have a history of lying. Number six, he is very clever, very streetwise, but you get a sense that there's a little bit more to his story. And number seven, he's a Muslim. Let me ask you, Christian, would you allow your daughter to marry this guy? No. You would not. Unless you're crazy. 
No, you would not. You would say, no way. Lock the door. Don't ever let him come back. Good night. Keep him out of here. Keep him away from my daughter. At least that's what I would say. You can say whatever you want to say, but I would say, no way, buddy. You stay away from my daughter. You wouldn't want your daughter to think it's okay with that guy, would you? You wouldn't want him to 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 fall in love with him and, and to follow her heart. It's okay if she follows her heart, right? I mean, it's just, it's really an issue of the heart, you know? If they love each other, that's all that matters. Hogwash. Hogwash. That's not true. But a lot of these media movies want to teach you that's the way this works. Because I forgot to mention that young man's name. His name is Aladdin. Yeah, his name is Aladdin. You say, well, wait a second. Yeah, all those things, all those facts we just gave about Aladdin are true. He's a thief. He's a cute boy, but he sleeps in the street at nights, and all the ones we mentioned, they're true. And you say, well, it's just an innocent little movie, but here's what it's doing is teaching your children that don't evaluate all the things about them. Just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. May I remind you that the God that knows your heart says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? You say it's just the world of imagination. It's just fantasy. Be careful what you call fantasy because a lot of times it becomes reality. You say, well, Beauty and the Beast is fantasy. Like that can never happen. Well, guess again. If you remember King King Nebuchadnezzar changed into a beast, went out and ate grass for a long time. For a long time. Let me tell you something. If it's a fantasy, it does have a capability of becoming reality. Reality. So be careful what you let into your home. Be careful. Hey, Satan wants an entrance into your home. He wants inside. Let's not open the door for him. Let us, as Christians, refuse to open the door to Satan. Don't do it. Listen to me, folks. You say, well, it's going to be a hard time. I'm going to have a hard time. Are you, are you saying I need to give up those all those movies I watch and all those? Here's what I think you should do. I think you should pray and ask God what you should do and follow his leading doesn't make a difference if you follow me. Pray and ask God. Because, friend, if we are not careful, we're opening some mighty big doors for Satan to come in. Mighty big doors. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, should I have this movie in my home? Holy Spirit, should I have this book in my home? And he will give you an answer. If you answer with a, or if you ask with an open heart that actually wants an answer that is unbiased and not based on your feelings. Let's not open the door. For the sake of our children, for the sake of our marriage, for the sake of our home, is it not worth it? Is, as David said, is there not a cause? Oh, be careful, Christian. Satan wants to get witchcraft into your home. Be very careful. Nahum chapter 3 and verse 4. 
because of the multitude of the whoredoms of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcrafts, that selleth nations through her whoredoms, and families through her witchcrafts. Oh, be careful, Christian, because if you aren't, you can sell your family through the influence of witchcraft that you allow into your home. Be careful. Next week, we're going to talk about something that kind of is along the same lines, but really it's something major that comes once a year, every year. It's Halloween. And what should a Christian's answer to Halloween be? Should they partake of it? Should they have the influence of it? Or should they stay away from it? We'll answer that question next week on the podcast. But until then, hey, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ.